We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. New music on a Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern here at Stochastic. That means it's PGA DF Strategy Show presented by PrizePix. I am Ben Raza. I am joined as always by Eric Lindquist. We are here talking a little U.S. Open, but talking a lot of Travelers Championship, Cromwell, Connecticut, in my pseudo backyard. If I had a gigantic backyard, if I took the live money, <laughs> I could have a backyard that stretches all the way to Connecticut. Hello, sir. We survived another major, some good, some bad. We're going to get into all that, and then we turn the page to TPC River Highlands. How are you on this Tuesday afternoon? Oh, doing well. Uh, social media is burning before our very eyes, but you know what? It it's always- all right. Yeah, it's very true. It really always is. But I'm looking at this Travelers Championship, put the work in, you know, you you basically build your card based on who's there. And we have some elite players that are going to be playing in the Travelers. I'm excited for this golf tournament, the only golf tournament that matters here for this week, the only golfers who matter for this week. Well, there's no doubt about that. Um, the U.S. Open, I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Matthew Fitzpatrick, of course, breaks through. One of the guys that by everyone's account has put in the work and you've seen it. He had a distance, great player, couldn't get it done in the States, gets it done, outduels Wilsey, outduels Scheffler, holds off Rory to a lesser extent. I mean, a great course, a great field. Uh, it really had everything you could ask for just as a pure you know, fan of the game. Yeah, Gil Hans needs to redesign every golf course from now until forever. I mean, the guy... The guy knows what he's doing. He goes to Southern Hills, puts together a pretty good track here. And then the country club, this was just elite stuff. The setup was perfect. Anytime you have a drivable par four kind of included into the mix uh, that, that really brings some intrigue day in, yes. day out, some, some very difficult second shot golf courses. I think that that's really what I'm learning my preferences in terms of major championships. I want golf courses that, you know, can be demanding off the tee. And this one had that. But there were still some spots where if you blasted it way right, you got to some trampled down lies and stuff like that. But from a second shot perspective, this golf course is as elite as it gets. And coming down the home stretch, you saw the shot from Fitzpatrick, you know, from from the right from the right rough ends up sticking one in there, uh, you know, kind of lags it down there. 18, the bunker shot. I mean, that was the kind of stuff that really got it going for me. Yeah, but it, listen, it had everything that you could want. Uh, and, you know, on the DFS side, some good, some bad. Your boy got her up, who we're going to talk about for the third straight week. <laughs> found the weekend, Tony. Hey, Finau. my boy Will Z. What one away from Will Z as well? We just bet him at every major from now until forever, right? I mean, I guess I don't know. I never bet him. Um, he never wins. What can't win now? He's been absolutely no, I'm oh kidding. God. He's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and the thing I like about Will Z, he has not lost 
particularly the last two, like, yes, he came in second, but he did everything that you could ask. And then some in terms of, of putting pressure on the leader and ultimately the winner. So a lot there chat. We hope that you did some good things at the U S open. I see some people with some good caches like to see that if you're hopping in, you want to be part of the 77,000 people at stochastic, just hit that join. And even if you don't just hit the like button, why not help us out? Doesn't hurt you at all. And of course, as I said, prize picks are powering this show. Let me tell you a little about prize picks because Mr. Linquist, you play over there all the time. And now you got me going over there. I just did a video for them. Different type of format, player prop base, a lot of different categories, whether you're talking about who's going to have more birdies, who's going to hit more fairways, over or under number of greens, things like that. And we have a deposit bonus. We will match your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code AWESOMO. You can download on the app or in Google Play. Do that. Head over there. Sign up, deposit, promo code AWESOMO. You're going to get that money and be on the lookout for a lot of content there. I know you've got some picks there. I like these fairways hit. I looked at that for a place like River Highlands. I think these are pretty easy to hit fairways. I think you can pepper some of those overs. I looked at them this morning. Well, yeah, don't play Brooks Kepka. Uh, no, don't do that. Fairways hit. Don't do that. Think that'll get canceled out. But Tommy Fleetwood over eight and a half fairways hit was the one that I wanted to point out from today. Uh, just an all around pretty good ball striking numbers. Not, not what you were looking for from this weekend uh, from no. your boy, Tommy Fleetwood. That's for sure. But I think what did I seen... tell you though? Sorry to jump in. You, what did I say before last Tuesday show? I said, Tommy Fleetwood, I don't know. Maybe that was Wednesday night with Rosalind. Tommy Fleetwood is going to kill me and I can't get away from him. It's just what Fleetwood does, but I like him this week. Self-fulfilling prophecy. It Either really way, was. eight and a half, eight and a half fairways hit. We don't have strokes game data from the US Open, but absolutely love what I'm looking at here from Mr. Tommy Fleetwood. So uh, take the over of eight and a half fairways hit. And the other one, birdies or better matchup, you basically get 1v1s in a lot of spots. Rory got paired up with Davis Riley. Now, I think I like Davis Riley more than you do. Sweet swinging Davis Riley. But why in God's green earth would you not just play Rory McIlroy over Davis Riley in terms of pure birdies? Rory's also leading the PGA Tour in putts from 10 to 25 feet made. That's absurd. Like, we're talking Rory McIlroy. If he's making those kind of putts, that's what you run into a lot uh, in, in a round of golf. If he's going to be making above average over guys like Davis Riley, I mean, that's just an unfair matchup. So, yeah, I understand it's birdies are better, so it's going to be a tighter variation than saying score, but Rory McIlroy should definitely be favored massively in that spot. I agree. I looked at that one as well. So just a lot of opportunities there. And, again, we oh, Rory over Riley is a trap from Chad. Who cares Maybe if it is? is? Who cares? Oh, I'm you play the. Trap. Oh, yeah. Um, here's the thing. If something's minus 160 or better, it's not a trap. It's just you you lost, Correct. but you want to get your money in correctly every single time. It's independent of what happens. Of course. Of course. It's all about, listen, we preach that over on the Odd Shopper channel. The results and the line are, are two. They should be correlated, but they're not always. They aren't always. So that is something that over time, you will be profitable that I can guarantee if you're beating closing lines, do what you need to do. TPC river highlands. I love this course. We see it each year at travelers. It, you, you alluded kind of at Southern Hills and Brookline, some of like the risk reward holes, mm -hmm. some short par fours, some attackable par five. Th this is what they offer as well. Um, there's a sub 350 yard par four. There's some gettable holes here. Seems second shot esque. I mean, like Kevin Streelman and Chez types, have excelled here. So what do you, what do you make of this course and what you say? 
Yeah, think of the best golf courses, the best finishes you can remember. Like we all know the playoff 18, the Jordan Spieth hold bunker shot. We know stuff like that. But for me, it always goes to 15. And what I was talking about there, Southern Hills, number 17. You saw last week, I believe it was 14 or 15, the the drivable par four uh, that they had set up for that one. Uh, But here you get number 15, 296. A lot of guys hitting three woods. It'll bounce up. They put that back right pin or back left pin on Sundays in play. And it is just fun and exciting to watch come down to the wire. 16 is a really good par three with water lurking. 17, pretty good golf hole, kind of meh, but 18 is just fantastic. Going back up to the house there where we've seen a lot of really cool moments. This is just a golf course where I, I think for the most part, I've looked at bombers here. Uh, that's That seemed to be one thing. But then you have guys like Kevin Streelman, who we know the ridiculous kind of track records they have. There's a lot of different types of players that can play well here. I just think that good golf courses generally open it up to have a number of different types of players play well at your golf track. And I think this is one of my favorite courses that exists on tour. Yeah, I, I, listen, I like these. It's unique feel. It's not heritage where it's like i think that is too much one way mm-hmm. it's not like quail hollow at times seems like you really got to be aggressive off the tee and if you can't drive it you have a little to no shot this incorporates a lot of different players uh you know and things like that and i, I really think that opportunities come to fruition when you're at river highlands no matter what your skill set is now talk about the course Talked a little about prize pick. We've talked about closing line value, which is more of a sports betting thing. Let's talk about the top <laughs> tier of golfers. Scheffler, Rory, Jay, the big, th- like you mentioned this. And I think part of it, of course, is that they just came from Massachusetts. But you said some of these big names who are sticking with the PGA Tour seem to be putting the tee in the ground more often than not. And we've got Scheffler, Rory, and JT once again leading us off. And they're going to lead us off, whether it's, you know, the Travelers or the USO. You know, those are the best of the best. You've got Burns, Cantlay, and Xander as well. Strong group here at River Highlands. Yeah, really, really strong. I think we talked about it on the betting video this morning. When you're looking at three guys sitting around the 10 to 12 to 1 kind of number in Scheffler, McElroy, Thomas, depending on where you're looking, it gets really hard to not have these guys involved in at least you know, almost every single lineup. I mean, I'll definitely have builds that start further down the board. Your boy Sung Jay, uh, you know, Spieth for our guy, Jason. I think there's going to be ways to start in the 9K range and have a pretty well-balanced lineup. But um, Scheffler, McElroy, and Thomas are going to show up in over half of the lineups, at least one of them in over half the lineups. Going to be tough to pair some of them together. But if I'm just going one, two, three on the way that I would rank them, Rory, Thomas, Scheffler, it's going to continue to be that way. You obviously have a, a field that's going to have more of it making the cut. You can, you're going to have some guys, as opposed to last week, that are available to you in the 6K range to try to make a thing, even though it will get very, very thin once again, like it seems to almost every single week here with some of the mid-range guys now priced up to, to be at a weaker field. But, I mean, this top tier is so, so elite. I'm definitely going to go McElroy 1, Thomas 2, Scheffler 3, though. I'm going to echo those statements. It's normally some of the reasons is because it's a price gap. It's really not here. Uh, We'll have to see about the ownership and things of that nature, but you're talking about 11,200, 11,000 flat and 10,800 for these guys. So you're, you're really choosing who you think is best available. Obviously you can make a strong, strong case for all of them. When you said, you know, tough to pair them up, were you referencing just two out of these three, or are you talking about the 10K range as a whole? I just made the 10K range as a whole. It's going to be hard to play two of the three in a lineup just because of what else you have to pair it with. I was just kind of doing some standard, you know, click builds, nothing 
nothing super official or concrete here for me at the moment. And it gets very thin uh, in terms of where I would really want to be pairing them. Can you play two of the three? I, I'm sure you can find paths to it, but that's like a large 150 type deal for me. I, I'm much more inclined to be taking one of these three, pairing them with a 9K or maybe, you know, if you can really get thin two 9K guys. Uh, but really, I'm looking at the 8K range as being much stronger than most weeks. So yeah, if I'm going to be plucking one of these top, top tier guys, it's going to be hard to get two of the three. I would agree with that. I think you can definitely double dip north of 10 double dipping where you got like two of these three can be done, but it's not my preferred build. Uh, chat Wasim, I may be butchering your name. Apologies there, but looks like rain all week. Iron players might have the advantage without soft. The greens will be. I agree with that. That's definitely something that we could see as we get to Thursday. It could be target practice out there. No doubt about what are the chances the PJ is paying Scheffler and them under the table. Say doubtful, but I'm sure they're encouraging these guys to be the face of the tour right now because God knows that they need it. Yeah, they're going to be stepping up. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go on. We're the, not going out on live ramp. We, we don't do that on this No, show. we don't do that. That's, um, we're, we're here to break down DFS. If you want my thoughts, go to Twitter, follow at Eric Lindquist. I'm sure I'll have many of them coming down yeah, the pipeline. Come and follow. I, yeah. I have no thoughts, but you can still Absolute follow Absolute donkeys that exist out in the world. I hope these guys go out and put on another show to further emphasize how ridiculous live is. I mean, again, and that that speaks to one other part of this that I want to talk about. Uh, you keep alluding to this. The 6K range is really weak. Well, part of it is because we are missing some guys that would be in these fields and they are filling them with guys that we don't normally see. And that's going to have an actual impact in lineup construction as more and more players potentially defect. So that is something to keep in mind. Stars and scrubs, the 6K range is being filled by guys that have a little to no experience. It creates a different opportunity. But let's talk about Cantlay, Burns, and Xander. They're the next in the, in the betting market. They're hovering all like 15 to 20 to 1. I, I bet Cantlay already. I got a decent number there. Burns has been fantastic. I know he, he really didn't get it done on Sunday. But overall, I think coming in 27th at the U.S. Open is a success for him. He's climbing. He's going to start contending in majors. You've got Xander and Cantlay kind of did nothing last week. Weren't terrible. Weren't elite. Who's your preferred target of those three? We finished 20th at the PGA too. So, I mean, we're not talking about, I, I, I had high hopes. I had some really good lineups going into Sunday and kind of fell apart. Still was a really nice profitable week for me, but Sam Burns playing well on Sunday would have really further emphasized it. I don't really know what else I'm supposed to say about the guy. You should know by now. I play him every single week. He's not just a Bermuda specialist at this point. We're starting him put together the all-around package. And the thing that always put me on him to begin with two years ago is that he has ways of gaining a massive amount of strokes in different facets of his golf game. He has 2.9 strokes gain off the tee at the Charles Schwab, 3.9 approach, five with the putter. He ends up putting up a win there. At the Valspar, he lost a stroke off the tee, but gained seven with the approach, 2.9 around the green and 5.2 with the putter. He just finds different ways to kind of blend based on the golf course, based on, you know, just whatever's working that week. He can just flash this upside with different facets, different facets of his golf game, like an elite player, because shocker at this point in time, he's an elite player, top 10 in the world. That's not changing anytime soon. I know that I'm much higher on him long-term than you are, but it, it still stands to reason that in a field like this, where, you have such top-heavy guys. You need the guy, kind of guys who have the upside to go out and win. And Sam Burns kind of done that three times already this year, a uh, proven winner. Yeah. Uh, again, these guys certainly uh, are going to be in the mix. Patrick Cantlay is probably where I would go just 
experience at this course. I know the majors have been somewhat of a letdown, but he's still playing really good golf. He games in all four categories. He was 14th. He was third at Memorial, second at Heritage. A lot of top tens this year. I think he's a great starting point, aggressive second man in. Really, my biggest problem, and this is why the tools here at Stochastic are so important, I all six of these guys I think are pretty clearly – uh, optimal spots, easy to get to, easy starting points. And you're not going to be able to play all of them, obviously. You can't get overweight. So decisions are going to have to be made. I'm interested to see how the field is looking at these guys. Who will be popular? Who will be lesser owned relative to the range? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's going to be... Jordan Spieth has such a good track record around here, and that's a problem for me, but I'm going to be shorting him because I do feel like the ownership is just a little bit higher there. I feel like just on what we've seen here of late, I love the form that we're seeing out of uh, Sam Burns. Cantley, as you said, playing, I I think he's going to probably end up a little bit more under the radar. I know we've got him right now around 18.9% ownership, and that seems a little bit high to me at the moment. Um, I I bet Xander for cheaper, Jordan Spieth for cheaper. Um, Nobody's going to click on Sungjae, so you can get all of that that you want. Uh, And and Finau as well. I'm just saying those guys are going to just come a little bit under the radar. People are going to start playing these guys a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I do expect Cantley to, to probably be lower owned than that, but as it stands right now, I like him. I, I would say Xander somehow in the 10 K range is the guy I would put last. Uh, I'll probably get to more of him than I do Scotty Scheffler because $1,200 is $1,200 to put elsewhere. But um, I, I don't really know how I get to a whole lot of Xander. You can't play everybody. No, you certainly can. And those are decisions that are going to have to be made. And I do think on a very, very general macro term, buying guys that didn't play particularly well last week is fine on a game theory level. I don't think the U.S. Open is indicative of how a guy's form is. Would I like my guys to play great? Of course. But you just mentioned the next range. Sun J.M. and Tony Finau were two of the biggest disappointments. And Tommy Fleetwood, if you want to talk about the whole nines. Three of the worst missed cuts you're going to find, but it's top 60. It's tough. It's difficult. They didn't play well. They did not get it done. All three of them came into that event with elite form, and the ownership that came with it is going to be washed away in a lot of regards. So you've got them against guys like Spieth, Neiman, Keegan, who was fantastic. Again, I mean, I'm not going to talk about Brooke, Sheamus, and HV3. (laughs) What do you do there? You have a clash of guys playing really well in majors versus big disappointments. To me, I, give me Finau, Sanjay, and Fleetwood over most of the range. Like, do people understand also golf where it's like two, three shots in the course of 36 holes? Tony Finau misses at five over. Sanjay misses at four over. They are a shot being removed from making a cut and being chalk again this week. And now, well, I mean, Sanjay getting the price bump from 7,600 he was at the U.S. Open to 9,700. price difference is going to make everybody jump off the wagon. He's sub 10%. I get that. But you talk about a consistent guy. It's going to be easier to pair him and Finau and then go down the list than it is going to be to play like Scotty Scheffler and another guy in this range, the 10, 9 K range, and then going down to the rest of the, to the grouping to fill out your lineup. Like for me, Sungjae ends up being a target this week, whereas last week I was less than half the field on him purely from an ownership perspective. I wanted to play a ton of Sam Burns. We had him projected for upper 20%. And as it started to come down to low 20s where he finished out, I just ended up jamming and shorted Sungjae. It worked out there. But now this is just the, the game theory aspect of it. You know Sungjae is not going to be popular. And he came one shot away from being chalk again this week. I'm not going to let one shot dictate 
what I do with my lineup. So yeah, Sung JM is going to be a definite target. Well said. Uh, how many times do you see a guy make it on the number and he comes in 12th, 8th, 3rd, 7th? And then it's like, wow, we played fantastic last week. He was one shot away from being cut. That's not to say that it's not disappointing. I'm not going to say it means nothing, but I, I don't think that a guy who would be one of the most popular plays, as you mentioned, should suddenly be lost. Uh, I think he's a very interesting, if you have the, uh, it's risky, but I think you could start with Sanjay. And if you I survive you the top, that mm-hmm. is a really interesting build. You're going to have a different balance look. You could pepper in two to three guys in the 9K range. That is very interesting. I want to ask you specifically about Keegan, though. He's playing great golf. He's in the Northeast. Tita Green, really strong. The putter comes and goes. He's made five straight cuts. He's made nine of 10 cuts, fifth at the players, 48th at PGA, seventh at the U.S. Open. Big events, big showings. It's hard not to like him again. Yeah, Keegan is, he was trying to be the hero that Gotham deserved for me. Like that, that's what I was kind of hoping out of Keegan. He made that birdie on 17, which was worth about 2,500 bucks to me. So I, I like him very, very much. Um, I'm, I've got good juju going. He's just playing fantastic, as you said. There's nothing you can look at. His last seven events, that's four top tens we're looking at for a guy who generally is just a ball striker. But now I think the putter, even without the U.S. Open data there, we've seen 3.4 strokes gained at the Memorial, 9.8 at the Wells Fargo. The guy obviously has different juju going with that golf club right now. And you just want to ride it. You want to have shares of Keegan Bradley. He's going to be popular. He's going to be the popular guy out of this range. But we're pretty keyed in with ownership coming off of a major. We do the show every single week. We talk through every single guy. You know Keegan's going to be the most popular guy from the 9K range. But if you pair him with some lower-owned options, and even still, he's going to be lower-owned than pretty much every guy in the 10K range. So there are ways to still put Keegan Bradley in your lineups if you like him. I definitely like him. I'm going to find ways to incorporate him in a lot of builds. I think what's really interesting is going in Bradley and starting your lineups that way. I don't think you're giving up as much upside as what you probably think you are by avoiding those top three guys. You're basically shorting them all together or hoping that those last two guys or, you know, one guy into your lineup can just be the difference than not having to jump down to the 6K range. So I'm definitely going to be targeting Keegan Bradley. He's kind of one of the guys that I was hoping to get a better number in the betting markets. I would have recommended him there, but instead I'm just going to have to play him in DFS. What about Seamus? That's the last guy I wanted to ask you about. He quietly, once again, in majors, He's just there. He's playing really good golf. He belongs in the 9K range. Indifferent, yay, nay. How do you go about that? See, I don't know what to do with him. I've been trying to make, not just that, 27th, 9th, 12th. Those are his major finishes this season. I mean, the guy has been stout in in terms of his, his finishes. I guess, no, that was 2021 for the Masters. But either way, Seamus Power, the guy is absolutely playing fantastic. The Memorial, you write off that one golf tournament and the last four look pretty elite from him. Um, I think he's a casualty of the range. I think that I'd rather play Keegan. I'd rather get my low own shots, but the likes of Fleetwood, considering he's 4% and coming off of a, a same kind of a deal, he didn't play well. He 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 falls outside of the Sungjae bucket. Seven over, didn't really have it. Such is life. We saw the fifth at the PGA. He could just as much flip it and, and be right back into the mix here this week. I, I think I'll just take the low own dart with him rather than, than Seamus for, for more than double the ownership. But would it surprise me if he ended up burning me? No, just a casualty of the range. Yeah, fair enough. And this is where this type of range, ownership, leverage, the tools will make the difference. I don't really have anything else. Listen, you're not gonna, I'm not going to need to talk to Neiman. I always like him. 
uh, HV3 is there. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. Anything else that you want to talk about with the nines before we get into the pure mid-range? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. So somebody just asked, uh, uh, Jordan Spieth, is he a good play, 9,900? Jordan Spieth is the kind of guy that I, I'm always shorting. I'm always kind of looking to short because I always feel like he gets those extra bumps just because there are there's a segment of PGA DFSers. I'm looking at you, Jason Rosalind, that just like to play him. And this is a golf course where I think people like to play him. He's coming off of a week where I think I got a little bit lucky. I just was able to play 0% um, just based off of him being sick and everything else there. He still grinded out a pretty decent finish there for you, 37th. But I, I don't know. He feels like a guy that I thought was just maybe going to take the week off if he really wasn't feeling that well. He's continuing to grind through like a lot of these tour guys are for the PGA Tour. Just doesn't feel like a spot where I want to be playing him at around 13%. So if you remove him from the pool, uh, I think it opens you up to be able to do just about whatever you want at the 9K range, and you can kind of just disregard ownership. But uh, is he a good play? I mean, this is obviously a golf course where he's got some good juju. Yeah, I agree. Um, when you look at that, Spieth, listen, uh, he didn't stand out to me, I'll be honest, but it doesn't mean that I'm adamantly against the play. I think if that's where you're drawn, that's more than fair. For for me, I'm going to probably pay $300 to go get Patrick Cantley. I'm probably going to save $200 to go get Sunjay. That doesn't mean he won't appear anywhere, but he's definitely not my priority. Here we go. Davis Riley in the field. This guy, we really <laughs> talked about him in this video. I can't get him right. 31st of the U.S. Open, pretty impressive. He's playing really good golf. 8,900 wise. He was flashed. Eh, thought he was going to get in the hunt. Kind of fell back. Mito. Harmon, all right, here we go. A little, little story for people on the Odd Shopper channel. My favorite bet of the week last week was Brian Harmon, top 40. Oh, no. Loved it. Plus money. He was three under through 36 holes, oh, and he no. shot 11 over on the weekend in bogey 18 and missed that number, came in 43rd. Very, very disturbing. But he was there for a little while, and he's playing good golf. Webb, Leishman, Denny McPutz, best player on tour, question mark. Keith Mitchell, Jason Day. Jason Kokrak, please just go to live. He's the one guy I want to go. Anyway, <laughs> what do you make of this range? It's going to probably, I think this is too, we get this question a lot. I think this is too low to start with. Easily could be your second man in. Obviously it could be your third man in. Talk to me about the AK range. Yeah, this is a very important range. I think that being able to get the right pieces here or just being able to get away from certain pieces here is going to be kind of the key to the, to the week. Uh, Denny McCarthy is getting a lot of ownership because Denny McCarthy apparently can do things other than putt now, even though I'm, I'm not buying into it at 8,300. He's been your boy all year long, but now that he's chalk, oh boy, am I going to be getting to a lot of Mito Pereira and coming off of him shooting again on the number four over at the U S open, missing the cut on the number there. I'm just going to play tons of him. The guy has just the most elite ball striking numbers. You want to talk about scar tissue, or if you want to come up with narratives about whatever, I don't really care. All I can tell you is that Mito Pereira can stripe a golf ball. Tita Green, here are his last five tournaments. 10.5, 9.2, 7.8, 9, 6.3. What? Like, the guy is an absolute monster ball striking. I think, looking at him, if he ever has spike putting weeks like we saw at the PGA, he's going to compete. That's just the way that it's going to be for Mito Pereira. So saw grip a couple in, my friend, Mito Pereira, probably my favorite tournament play in the entire 8k range it's a pretty strong range and, and i can get on board with that i'm going to stick with aaron wise i really okay. think that his ability to figure out the putter a little bit is allowing him 
to lean on what is it's not Mito level, but he's a good ball striker as well. He's a talented guy. Uh, I feel very comfortable with him in the mid eights, upper to mid eights. He was he was in the tournament, but he wasn't. I don't love when guys are really in the thick of it. Like I, I, we'll get to Denny McCarthy in a second. I think that can take a little out of you. You know, Aaron Wise cruised to a very quality finish despite fading back. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know what to do with Webb. I I'd struggle with him. I liked him a little at the U S open. He missed the cut, fell back. I guess it's kind of interesting, but I, I find myself rather playing wise Mito, even Harmon over him. Okay. Yeah. I you like Webb. I, I, I've had a tough time just because Webb Simpson's still in his 50 rounds. He's 19th in DK scoring over the course of that. And I think of him as quote unquote playing terrible right now because we just haven't seen him in the mix. Misses mm-hmm. another cut at the U S open, you know, back to back 27th and 20th coming into this event. But that kind of feels like a buy low a little bit to me. And I, I, he's probably the one guy I'm struggling with the most. Some sub 5%. I could truly see him sub 5%. And I know he was very cheap last week. 7,400 got a lot of people onto him, more people than I expected. But the result not coming there, I would expect at 8,500 for him to be completely unknown in this spot. And I do think this kind of has the semblance of a golf course where like, you know, if second shot golf course, I'll definitely take some shots on Webb Simpson. And, you know, it's just getting zero attention. Like if he was up around 10%, so be it. But like, he's probably the guy that I'm struggling with the most because I, I, I generally am not a web guy, but I'm a web guy if he's sub 5%. Do you feel the same way about Jason Day? The no. Jason Day to me. No. <laughs> He, he played well here last year. I mean, that was the one thing. He ended up having his back flare up. Uh, if you were watching that, he finished 10th uh, during the Travelers. But he was in, like, the final group, I believe, or at least he was on Saturday. Uh, he was, like, right, right in the mix for it. He's getting quite a bit of attention here at 8,100. And that's where it just kind of comes down to, like, do I prefer getting to Mito? Yeah, I do. And when uh, do I prefer getting Darren Wise? I do. They're much more expensive, but, like, I'm looking to be shorting a lot of these other guys. I won't have any Denny McCarthy, uh, Keith Mitchell, and, and Mark Leishman. Leishman, maybe a little bit, but 15% seems a little egregious to me. Jason Day just going to fall by the wayside again, just garnering a little bit more attention. I, I think the the main guy I'm struggling with is Webb Simpson, but feel pretty confident in hitting eject on Jason Day, even though I do remember last year pretty vividly him being in the mix here. Seems like a kind of golf course that might set up better for him. Maybe I'll revisit it, but as it stands right now, I wouldn't play him. So you you said right there, and I want to drill down into this that you're you're not looking to play Denny McCarthy. No, he is playing absolutely the best he's ever played on tour. He came in fifth at Memorial, seventh at the U.S. Open. He's the best putter in the world. What is it? Is it that we're just buying too high? This was a six K guy who's become an eight K guy that he's out of gas, that the ball striking numbers are still not good. What, what about it do you see? Because I have a feeling a lot of people are going to piggyback on this uh, this run of form. I'm, I'm going to have 0% Denny McCarthy oh, this week. Zero. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty adamantly against him. When you look at the golfers who really do succeed, you're looking at bombers, guys who at least are gaining shots off the tee. 
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. Even in this run of form, he has zero, and I do mean zero tournaments, since the Valero back in April that he's gained anywhere close to, he's, he's been negative off the tee in five straight, including uh, this U.S. Open, where if you were to dig into it, you would see the guy absolutely punted the lights out of it per usual. The irons got to be pretty decent, but he's just a guy who gained seven strokes around the green at the Memorial, 4.9 with the putter. As you said, he's on that Louis run of last year, and I was fortunate enough to ride the Louis run, and it went very, very well, especially in majors. He was kind of a bedrock of everything that I was doing. And now it's it, it's the, the major difference between Louis and Denny McCarthy is McCarthy is finding really gimmicky ways of doing it without gaining with the approach, without being positive off the tee whatsoever. So I'm looking at this golf course. If people are going to be going in bulk there, there is still that top layer that he has to kind of break through. You're only basically getting burned by a top 10. So I'm I'm taking the chance that his off the tee and approach game coming off of the week where he was in contention just continue to not be up to, to PGA tour levels. And that's, it's just what the data is showing. It has nothing to do with my personal opinion because he's been seven K and I've enjoyed clicking on him. It's gone pretty decently. I would say nothing crazy. I uh, haven't played in, you know, us open Memorial, but as it stands right now, there's no question he's putting. Well, there's no question. He could be the best putter on planet earth, but the off the tee and approach games just aren't good enough for me to validate 15% exposure. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I, you definitely have a stronger take than me, but I tend to agree with that. This is not the same situation. Denny McCarthy has been like the last man in, in pretty mediocre fields for a while. And when you're down there, I've said this a million times, if you can do one thing at a, at a world-class level, I think it can carry you when you're in the 6K range. And he's the world's best putter. He is now paired with guys that are legitimate top, not top, top end, but guys, week in and week out that have been doing this for a while. So do I think he can keep it going? Of course he can. When you putt like that, you always give yourself a chance. But if you look at the range, he stands out significantly in terms of the ball striking numbers against every other guy in that range. Not in a good way. He is far behind everyone else in the 8K range there. Now, he is the best putter, obviously. So mm-hmm. if you want to go with that. But I, I do think this could be an element of buying the top. Maybe he's found something. I'm a Denny McCarthy fan. If he's popular, though, I don't know how I get overweight. I looked at him in a couple of different verticals, and I, I simply just don't see it in terms of popularity coming up a couple thousand dollars. Oh, uh, that makes me feel a lot better that we're on the same page there because I, I like. I'm not saying I'm gonna have stone zero. Put me onto him. I wouldn't know who he was coming into the U.S. Open if it weren't for you in a lot of ways. And I've been playing. We, him. we cover this for a living. Like that's uh, that's what we do. So like, I I can't 
tell you that Denny McCarthy isn't because if Denny McCarthy ends up gaining off the tee or with his irons, yeah. there's a very good chance that he's in contention. I just don't think he can do it in this field. And I don't think he's shown to do it in fields that were weaker. I mean, we're talking not just like a little bit off the tee. We're talking like five, six weeks in a row where he's put up, put up results despite an off the tee game. That's just broken. The other thing, uh, as people kind of know, when, when you talk about that, the difference when you're going the wrong way in terms of off the tee versus putting, anybody can putt randomly and you can get lucky, but you can't just suddenly have an outlier driving week where you start bombing at like 330. That, that, it doesn't work like that. Yep. So it's very hard to change a bad off the tee game, whereas even the worst putters on tour can beat Denny McCarthy on the greens. Denny McCarthy will never beat you know, Rory off the tee, maybe one out of a hundred. So it's one of those situations. It's a lot, a lot of strain there. We'll see tomorrow night live before lock. I will certainly have more to say about Denny McCarthy because I'm not overly sold on the full fade, but I'm certainly not sold on him being a, a popular mid range. If I told him he, you, if I told you he was 15%. Yeah. I mean, and I think he's going to be closer to 20 for what it's worth. Well, then, um, I mean, the decision is kind of made for me then. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That And that's where I'm kind of like, it, it doesn't really matter what your opinion on him is. And I think that that's one thing I want people to understand more and more is that, you know, I played golf in college. I played division one golf at a big 12 school against like Ricky Fowler, Anthony Kim, like some of the best players that were, you know, in the mid 2000s, I've gotten to play against Bo Hostler, Sahith Tagala. Uh, there's guys that I just have opinions of that are very strong based on what I've seen and knowing that there's potential that exists there. But if everybody else is going to be there too, what's the point? Like it, being able to break down a golfer doesn't matter at a certain point because just in you should be able to just know Denny McCarthy is not twice as more likely to smash than like an Aaron Wise or then somebody like a, like a Davis Riley 8900 or Mito Pereira. Like it's, it's just an ownership thing. And you have to be able to look at that through a lens of like, all right, it doesn't matter what my opinion is of this player. This is too extreme, regardless of circumstance. We're going to say it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating guy to keep an eye on because I can't remember Denny McCarthy ever being in the AK range before. And it's warranted based off the recent form, but it could just be a blip on the radar and something we have to see moving down to the sevens. And again, we keep alluding on this very show to some of the tools and these things make the difference in a very, very difficult high variant sport like PGA DFS. If you are looking to check things out, stochastic.com slash join. Come on in, join the discord, get some of the tools, find the pa package that works for you and get some of the information that Alex and the entire team put together, because that is the stuff that can make the difference when you're competing with thousands and thousands of people. Uh, those little edges of nailing down the ownership, seeing the leverage, Huge, huge game-changing difference. Brendan Todd, Bez is back. Good for Bez. Steel, Maverick, <laughs> who's been very under the radar because he's not playing as good. Joel Dahman, really good showing last week. Harris English, okay. K.H. Lee, C. Wu, Cameron Davis, Johnny Vegas. We're in the true mid-range now. Are these names standing out, or is this where you say it starts to thin out? Oh, I mean, Maverick McNeely, how are we doing this fine day? Good to see you, sub-10%. It's been a while. He's not played well that's why you're getting him there uh, you're looking at back-to-back -back weeks where uh the pga and charles schwab being his last two events not so lovely i can guarantee you he won't be living leaving for the lift tour anytime soon because money is definitely not an issue for this kid uh grew up as a billionaire there you go he's gonna inherit a fortune so yeah maverick mcneely 7700 
completely unaffected by the live talks. There you go. There's my narrative for the week, but Mm. uh, this is crazy to me. Brendan Steele's ownership is out of control right now. I get it. Like it, I I do 10th, ninth Memorial PGA championship. That's no joke. Fourth at the Zurich. If you want to count team play, but like, I don't know how I get to 21% of him, 22%. I think that there's guys even further down in the seven K range that are pretty interesting. My boy, uh, Thigla Luke list, of course, but like, Maverick McNeely is my main guy here. Joel Dahman's going to get the, the, the absolute torch up because of what he did last week. I think he's just complete off the board for me again this week. But Brendan Steele, very intrigued to hear what you have to say about him. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, mid-range chalk and me don't really mix. Well, I think, first off, if you're playing cash, I think you should play Brendan Steele. I don't know why you wouldn't because this is a really good setup for him. Nine straight years here he has gained to green nine straight years here he has gained on the approach Mm -hmm. he likes the course everything checks out he's playing well it's just simply a question of how often can i beat him in the same range and i think the answer to that is is pretty often with some of the pivots it doesn't mean i just say oh he's popular i can't play him no because he sets up fine and and lineups where i've leveraged say i start with sunjay and i mix it up in the eights maybe i pick brennan Steele and i say give me an 18th and I, i move on with my day but I'll pivot to Bez. I'll pivot to Maverick. Uh, I'll bump down to Cam Davis, who, who's certainly not going to be nearly as popular for, for good reason, because there's more risk that you're incurring. But he's still made four or five cuts. He's gained on the approach in all five of those. I'm completely content looking for those pivots in this range. But if you're looking objectively, Brendan Steele sets up the best, and that's why he's the most popular. In 2020, Brendan Steele gained 9.2 strokes gained with the putter, finished sixth. Last year, he lost 5.8 with the putter and missed the cut. Like, we're talking feast famine stuff here with one Brennan Steele. Uh, yeah, I'll let everybody else play him at 21%, I think. I, I'm going to have a little bit. He's not going to be the full fade Denny McCarthy where I know he's going to get steamed up, and he's at the absolute high point of his price, and I don't trust the ball striking. Like, there's things from Brennan Steele that I, I can see why the field is landing on him as the chalky option. You get to KH Lee, though, for sub 10%. You get Maverick Medialy. What's wrong with KH Lee? I love no, KH Lee this week. KH Lee is a player. I really thought that Stunned. he was going to struggle last week. Not that he played great, but he made the cut. Yeah. Um, he was serviceable. I mean, you didn't lose money because of KH Lee last week. No, he's a, he's a he's a quality guy. Now, the thing with KH Lee, it's always a little volatile because he puts so much pressure on his irons, I think, at times. He's a pure ball striker. When he gets going, he's great. When he doesn't have it, and we've seen that, it can get off the rails pretty quickly with a guy like that. But I think you kind of just have to incur that. And you're in a range. What's the opportunity cost? You miss out on Cam mm-hmm. Davis, on Patrick Rogers, on Aaron <laughs> Rye. Like, it's not murderer's row in the mid-7s. Yeah, that's where I'm landing on KH Lee quite a bit. So Maverick McNeely, KH Lee, my main two guys. If you wanted to land on a little bezzy, that's fine. Um, Brendan Steele, all, a little bit off, and Joel Dahman. I, I just don't know how you play him off of last week. I mean, it was an absolute flash. He played fantastic, but this isn't exactly the spot where I'm worried about fading him. So it's going to be almost entirely off the board, Denny McCarthy style. It'll be skill set dependent. So if I go, you know, a little more aggressive off the tee, I think that Vegas and Cam Davis is where I go. If I go mm-hmm. pure irons, though, I think that Joel Dahman is in the KH Lee bucket. It's funny when you think of a U.S. Open, I always at least think Joel Dahman, no way he can hang in because he can't scramble. 
Well, if you pepper the greens like he did, he didn't really have to. He was, I believe, first in the entire tournament greens and regulation, mm -hmm. masked his deficiency. If he does that again at a much more forgiving course, could be effective. But this is your chance to talk about Aaron Rye. Yes. Because uh, I know that you're going to. Oh, I always talk about Aaron oh, Rye. Rogers like, withdrew. Okay. Get him out of here. Yeah. So don't play Patrick Rogers. That seems or do easy. and be different, but <laughs> you're you're probably not gonna win. Yeah, you're fading other guys all shooting 85 in this range. That's that's basically the, the play. I know. It's just one of those stances you got to take. If there's a hurricane, you're probably going to gain spots with the zero. But I digress. Uh, Aaron Rye is just a guy that I've circled, highlighted, starred for a long time. And we're starting to see a row of form with these irons. Now, he lost 5.3 at the Memorial and gained 8.2 putting. And then all of a sudden he can't putt at the RBC Canadian, but still cash that top 20 ticket for y'all. I hope you were able to get on that 7.2 strokes game with the approach. We're looking at plus 650 being the number for him and a number of books for a top 10. That is a low number for somebody that's sitting in like this low 7K range. He's getting some respect. Now he's 100 to 1 to win the golf tournament, so don't get me wrong. It's not like we're expecting him to go out and set the world on fire, but he's had such good results overseas coming from the European Tour, the DP World Tour over to America. You know, I kind of expected him to hit the ground running a little bit harder than what he has. Played well in that two-man event. Uh, that's kind of where people started to get more uh, acquainted with him uh, in Louisiana. And now just starting to get his sea legs, I would say, getting his bearings uh, across the pond. And I, I just love the little tight draw he hits. Seems like a guy that's just going to be gaining with the approach more times than not. And we started to see that in some of the data. Other, If you just take Memorial off, he's been flat or positive in all of his last nine golf tournaments on the PGA Tour, uh, dating back to the beginning of this season. So I'm looking at Aaron Rye as, as being a candidate on a golf course. People are talking about it. It's soft. It's going to be a lot of second second shots. You know, got to get it close. Aaron Rye can compete in that kind of a format. And, and I think that the low sevens is pretty bad, to be honest. So yeah. you're not really looking at many other guys. I'm going to give a CT uh, Pan take in just a second. We got a super chat from, great, I'm... You know me, I'm from New York, so this is like a Cajun name. What is this? Rougarou? Rougarou. Rougarou. Okay. I, see, I got go it. Tigers. I get confused with the X. I don't hey, know what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a geography person, not a spelling person. We <laughs> really appreciate that. Uh, really, really do. Using Fantasy Cruncher for line of construction, it calculates projected total ownership for ownership management. Crucial, useful, noise. That's more of a, a – I'm going to give a quick take. This is more a question for you than me. I think that anything you're using, I don't think it's crucial in the sense that if you love a lineup and it's a little chalky, I think it's more about contest selection. Now, if you're in the millie or something, and then it becomes crucial because you need a path, but it, it's a good indicator. Maybe you 2v2 it if you need to change it up. But what say you when you're dealing with things like that? Yeah, so I know you're a hand-built guy, and for me, I'm, I'm definitely a, a, a hybrid. I'm somewhere in the middle where I like to hand-build a number of lineups during the course of a week, and then I'll make my 150. I'll make a number of lineups yep. in Cruncher as well and kind of combine the two to really find a sweet spot. I would say just breaking that question down, using FC for lineup construction, very important and very good to be able to build out groups. Something that Ben's gotten me on doing the last couple of years is having certain skill sets where I boost a player, so I end up with more of those players together but not making them mutually exclusive. So I think that that's Correct. kind of been a part of my process that's really, really good. In terms of projected total ownership, I go back and forth with this a number of times because if you go and watch Alex Baker do baseball, NBA, anything like that, 
chalk is chalk, but I don't want to remove certain combinations of lineups. Like if I had said Sam Burns, when we had him projected for 29% and I'm going to exclude, all right, I'm not going to have any lineups that have over 80% cumulative ownership. Well, I'm going to remove a lot of the Sam Burns exposure, who is maybe my favorite play all of last week. And so you have to be very careful on a week in week out basis to change the target, change what that number is, change how many players you want to get to something I've started doing. And again, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but it's just worked for me is I calculate who the six chalkiest golfers are going to be this week. You've got Rory, Brennan, Steele, Patrick Cantley, Justin Thomas, Scheffler, and Xander Shoffley. Now you can't get all six of them in the same lineup. It's impossible. They're all expensive. So I'll build out just in cruncher. You can basically calculate based on projected ownership and I will crunch what that lineup looks like. I'll then remove individual expensive golfers and I'll figure out kind of what that projected ownership number is for a cap. So I kind of don't get that blend together. If that makes any sense, you basically go down the line, get the highest projected total ownership of what that number is, find a sweet spot, a little bit underneath it and put that in as your cap when you're making your group. So it's something I've started experimenting with last week. You know, I got 11th, 15th and a couple GPPs where that was the only part of the process. They were nothing that I hand built and I just think that it's something to start maneuvering and experiment. Find your own form. People like to experiment with different randomness, different uh, uniques. Everything is a personal preference based on what your goals as a player are and based in what tournament you're playing in. If you're playing something like the Minimax, let it rip every single week. Find what works for you, what you think you're getting the best lineups with, and continue to do it so you have a data point basically saying, these are the results that I can expect going forward. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday i like it. a lot of different ways again that is why you want to use those tools see what's what now i don't know if there's any tool in the universe that can get you onto ct pan <laughs> but when he plays he's been pretty good he's made seven straight cuts he keeps withdrawing i don't know why it's a little concerning but if he does play i don't think he's going to be popular 7300 i think this is a very good course for him he's not going to be pushed off the tee now when i look at his results here a little, little mixed bag he had a top 10 early then he's missed some cuts but i still that that's course result versus course fit and course fit is always more important there's nothing in, in river highlands that should prevent ct pan from playing well not sure where the form is but i'm willing to pay to find out given that he's in the field last couple guys smalley rio ricky fowler at flat seven any of these guys piquing your interest i'm gonna play grio i'm back to my roots i'm embracing it uh what rio's playing better I know in. you, you remember what I said. I, I said, is that, are we finally back on Grio of course. at the RBC? And you said, no, that's true. But this and is now the you're RBC. saying yes. Now I'm saying yes. So a 32nd and a 28th were good enough to get you back on the way. Damn right. All right. Uh, All I know is the thing that flipped is his irons. Once his irons flipped, I was back in on him. And that's, that's the core. That's the most important thing for Grio specifically. Like he needs to thrive. He's never going to be a good putter. We know that he needs to be one of the best iron players on tour to have a chance. I think he sets up really well. 
He's starting to trend upward. This is a low pressure, you know, in terms of scrambling, not, not punishing. Ricky's tougher for me. I really, I'll be honest, I don't know what to expect. I think you can probably pass on him and feel pretty comfortable. He's got the whopping zero top 20s uh, in, in quite a while. So I don't think that Ricky's a priority, maybe a flyer at best. Yeah, he's not not a priority. I, I don't think anybody is down here. This is definitely, though, the range where I think there's certain spots where you want to get the upside. Like, Griot has the kind of upside to compete. You got to think about, like, all right, who are the guys who can actually pull out some some top fives, top tens out of this range where it's like, if you don't have them, you're probably in trouble. And that's why I start landing on a little bit of Cameron Champ here. And I don't think I've really played much Cameron Champ, but think about, like, the Mexico Open he was positive with his putter for the first time in forever. And he has these random spike weeks with the putter. And when that happens, the dude is just a monster off the tee. And I think of him in the profile of like, why well, I'm going to play Goddard up. I'll probably play some Cameron champ with him a little bit there. Like if you're able to just go out and bomb it here and you're going to get soft greens where you can just kind of stick wedges and the slower greens can be helpful for him. I know the Mexico open a little bit slower. You get to the ATT, AT&T PGA Memorial RBC. We're looking at slick, slick greens that, just kind of murdered him, but he went to Minnesota and won last year. I, I think there's something to that with him where maybe he's just a guy who likes to just bang putts at the hole. You know, I know he won in Napa, not exactly the, the fastest greens up there either. I, I, I'm going to look more into it, but Cameron champs, a guy that I think I've been wavering on a little bit this morning, wanting to recommend him. Cause it's like, well, I don't want to recommend somebody that I'm not actually going to play, but like, I think he's got the upside and, if everything kind of, if he's going to stay under 3% owned, which I definitely do expect, why would people play him anyway? I think he's the kind of guy who could just go out and bomb it, hit some wedges close, make some putts for the first time in a long time, get one of those spike putt weeks and actually put himself in the mix. I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying. And, and Matthew Wolf fits that, mm-hmm. it, you know, they just come out of nowhere. I'm going to give you Fratelli for that type of play in the same range. Fratelli comes out of nowhere randomly. I don't think he's going to play particularly well. But he's the type of guy, if you get him wrong, it's going to be only a couple percent of people that have him, but the upside is massive. So for me to round out the range, then we'll talk about the cheapies. I think that Grio and Smalley are my favorite plays in terms of stability, and CT Pan and Fertelli are probably my flyers. Can't do it with Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky's Maybe a just a, 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 a yeah. tiny splash at best. I'm going to play Figula. I'm going to play Lahiri. I'm going to play Luke List. And Luke List just putt well one time. I'm just going to play some shit putters in this low 7K range. That sounds yeah, fun. Yeah, it's rough. And that's a fair point about, you know, Grio hanging it in a, like a, a 20 under type. He's going to have to do it with the irons. If he gains 10 strokes on the approach, he absolutely can do that. Uh, if it becomes a putting contest, he's going to lose. Uh, <laughs> 6K range. I mean, naturally, it's pretty weak. There are names, though. You've got Knox, Lucas Glover, Jaeger. Wyndham Clark, who's perpetually 67. I mean, I'm not even going to say Schwab. He's killed me a couple weeks in a row. Anything can Schwab wanted... do for you? Nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. Uh, yeah, it, it's bad. Callum Taron, who had his brief moment uh, at the U.S. Open. What do you do here? I mean, there's got to be names that you're okay with. And how do we identify with a really crowded range in the sixes? I mean, you don't really identify so much as you kind of like hold your nose and you click a couple buttons, right? Like the yeah, sub 7K range, you, um, you brought it up before. Self-exclude, that's mm. not the worst idea. Uh, Poston, 6,600. Uh, JT Poston, 6,600 for him. It's just a number that I'm going to land on, I think, with him. I, I, I've seen enough. 
in this in this spring into summer where I think there's upside. We saw the third at RBC, ninth at the Wells Fargo, in between some missed cuts and some poor performances. But he's lost strokes gained putting in two of his last three, and I don't find that to be the norm for him. He was on a really nice streak of putting, and I always think of him as being a guy who can gain five, six, seven strokes putting, even though we haven't really seen that from him at all this season. He's been doing it with really good off the tee game. The approach comes along for the ride once in a while. He lost 3.3 strokes gain doing that. But he's at least expressed the upside now with some with some top tens, with some abilities to get into the hunt. Where I think at 6,600, when you're trying to make cases for guys, he's just somebody kind of vaults to the top of my board for me. Yeah, I mean, he's shown that, you know, Wyndham comes to mind. These type of events where he can get it going, he's just, he's tough, but he belongs in this range because, again, he does fit that criteria. He does a couple things at an elite level. His irons are pretty weak, but his putter really can make up for it. Svensson and Lucas Glover, I think, are pretty much your best bets in terms of guys who can grind through and make this cut. But I got a name here, and this is definitely dangerous. (laughs) So people probably didn't realize, unless you're really digging, Matt Wallace went back to Europe after a run of truly horrendous form. I don't know if he fixed it completely, but he had missed, let's see, let's go to the videotape. He had missed five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, eight of nine cuts. He goes back to Europe. He plays yep. in the Dutch Open. He comes in fifth, 18 birdies. He plays mm-hmm. in the Porsche Open, 18th, 17 birdies. He comes back and he plays in Canada. He comes in 35th with another 17 birdies. So he's had 17 or more birdies in three straight events. Two were in Europe. 6,700, zero ownership going to be applied. Matt Wallace is a player if he's back in form. He has looked a lot better. Can it translate? I think that it can. Dark horse in the mix, Matt Wallace. Remember, so we, when I was on the live before lock, uh, days of yesteryear, last season, I did predict that Matt Wallace was going to beat up his caddy. That was something that I he, thought for a hot take. I, he's, he's a crazy person. Matt Wallace is a crazy person, but you know what else? Crazy people find crazy ways of rebounding form. He had a third, a sixth. There was a Valero Texas Open. He finished third behind Jordan Spieth, Charlie Hoffman last season. And I thought he was going to hurt somebody. He almost did at the Masters. He went completely berserk there. Still finished 34th. The sixth at the Wells Fargo. He had a really nice run of form there. Then came back in the fall and had some all right showings. Fourth at the Zozo. This is a guy who has had some expressed upside. The thing that disappeared was his driver. He switched into a new driver at the beginning of this season and it broke him. It ruined him. He we're talking minus 4.7 at the Phoenix open 5.9 at the own Palmer 6.4 at the players. If you go to Florida and you're not hitting your driver, well, you're probably going to shoot a million. That's just kind of the way that it works. I think as long as he's fixed that part of his golf game, he's always going to be a dude who around the green is pretty successful. And the putter went through a really, really bad run. Part of that can be drawn from the fact that if you're not hitting it well and you're just kind of whatever, you're probably not grinding your, you know, 12 footers for bogey too routinely. So uh, yeah, I like seeing some of the results you listed off here. Uh, I remember watching that Dutch open. He got in the mix. He was in the final group, I believe of that one before who was the young kid who ended up winning that. I can't remember, but either way, uh, RBC oh, Canadian, good to see 4.4 strokes gained around the green. I really do like that shout out. I'm, I'm going to give him the little thumbs up so I don't forget. Yeah. Again, you're, you're talking about someone you don't have to allocate a ton uh, of ownership for in a weak range. Matt Wallace is a player though. Matt Wallace is an AK golfer when he is in form, at least 
in a field like this. All right. I have delayed it. Chad, I've done the best that I can. <laughs> I have tried to waste all the time in the show. So no. we, can just, we can just leave. Giddy up. Got uh, her up. And we, we appreciate everyone tuning in. Some really just really awesome comments today. Uh, love to see the loyal listeners. If you're, if you're enjoying yourself, hit the like button. I've tried. I have failed. You can talk about Chris got her up oh god it feels so good the floor is mine i'm gonna All go right. get a hot pretzel while there you, you go I'll be back. yeah chris got her up ruckers to oklahoma transplant now turning pro chris got her up is a stud this guy bombs the golf ball if you watched the golf channel for the ncaa's not even that if you had watched any of the coverage throughout the entire season of the golf channel covering chris got her up with his one year at oklahoma you are very aware of the pedigree of this kid. And again, I have my little birds, my little whispers from UCLA, USC, some of the friends here, Northridge, other places where they play these golf tournaments, these select golf tournaments around the country. And you talk about who's good, who's standing out, who are the guys? Norman Zhang is one. He's starting to come to fruition. Sounds like he's going to be fun. Quack, quack. Ends up winning in Wichita, even making double bogey on 18 because he's up by a million. The other name that I get thrown out all the time is Chris Goderup. The kid can play some serious golf. We saw the made cut 69 on Friday at the U.S. Open to sneak through. Shoot 75-71 over the weekend. Pretty uninspiring there to finish. But eight over in your second professional golf tournament, third round on the PGA Tour, or third tournament on the PGA Tour. We're talking about a kid who's got some serious upside. And at 6,400, when you have no ownership going his direction, I bet him as a top 10, plus 2,200. Uh, I'm going to just be playing him constantly. Every single time, you can just put it on loop that I'll have double-digit exposure to Chris Goddard up until he ends up to a place where he actually have to either one, worry about his ownership or two, worry about his price. And neither of those are any concern. 6,400, click his button and thank me later. Or three, they literally throw him off the tour um, for not performing. I will say. I but he's played. a disgrace to the game. Boy, I can't do I, anything until he breaks any rules, Doug. I can't do anything. I might play him this week. I have not played. I have stone 0%. Two straight weeks. I don't think it's the worst because now some of the allure has worn off. This is a, he's gotten some, you know, reps. He made a cut bomber, easier field. This is okay for me. I don't think you need to go crazy, but 6,400 amongst guys like Hayden Buckley, Roger Sloan, Harry Higgs, you know, Brandon Wu. I don't think there's that big of a difference. And the one thing that we don't know, there is a chance that this guy is just amazing. Uh, and he starts to really find it. And I, I would like to have some exposure there. I will give a quick shout out. Don't play this guy, but Cole Hammer's in this field. That's hey, another name you're going like to see Hammer. a lot uh, in the future. Some big time pedigree. I don't play these guys without knowing what they can do. But I think that got her up is maybe one of my last men in. Kelly Craft was mentioned. I mean, if you're really in a jam, I guess. But I'm, I'm going to try to not go that low. Any final thoughts before we duck on out of here? I uh, got to have just a shout out to Kira Chaffee Bonera, the barn rat, have a share too, just for fun, shits and giggles, if you will, just randomly plays well once in a while. But yeah, Cole Hammer, good to see him in the field. I don't think he's got as much talent as Chris Goddard. And I know that's because, I mean, he was the number one play, amateur in the world for however yes. long, played at Texas. He was lovely. But I, I watch him hit a golf ball and then I watch Goddard hit a golf ball. One has a very attacking, like you can compete on the PGA Tour today kind of swing. The other one is a Davis Riley. We're going to take some reps to get there and Cole Hammer. So uh, not to not to eviscerate because he's unbelievable at golf, but uh, won't be playing him this week. 
There you have it. If you have any questions at Eric Lindquist, if you have any thoughts about the live golf at Eric Lindquist, if you have any compliments about the show at jazz Raz DFS uh, for sure <laughs> on that note, thanks again to Tyler behind the glass. Great job as always. And thanks to prize picks for powering us here at stochastic friends. Good luck. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com.